Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Lives of the Prophets by Mufti Hussein Kamani. Before we get into the session, I wanted to share a quick message with y'all. Alhamdulillah, since 2011 until now, we have made a commitment here at Qalam to the podcast. All of our instructors are on the Qalam Podcast contributing, recording, and delivering different series and sessions to you. So that no matter where you are, what's going on, you are able to continue to learn and grow and increase the understanding of your religion. What we ask you to do, aside from continuing to listen and sharing the podcast with family and friends, is go to supportqalam.com. Supportqalam.com. Go there and be a part of the cause. Get your own stake and share in the reward of all the good that is going on and be a part of the solution. Go there, donate, be a part of the solution, share the link with family and friends, and be, let's all of us work together to bringing the proper understanding of Islam and the education of the religion to all the people all around the world. Jazakumullahu khairan. Thank you very much for listening. Now on to the session. He continues to trust Allah, rely on Allah, be patient. He must remember his family too. He must think that only if my brothers weren't jealous and if they were patient with me, they would have found me to be a loving brother. I would have no intention to harm them, but they assume, you know, all these thoughts cross your mind. Yusuf salam is in prison. Now, the king of Egypt, he sees a dream. Three dreams. First was Yusuf salam's dream, the, true prison, the two prisoners, and now the king's dream. All three of these dreams are mentioned in the Qur'an, in the same story. The king sees a dream. What's his dream? The king says, I see seven cows that are, siman means very fatty, very big. Those big fatty cows are being eaten up by Ijaf means very thin, slim, kind of like malnourished. Ijaf is like malnourished. Seven malnourished cows. وَسَبْعَ سُنْبُلَاتٍ خُضْرٍ And seven um, green seasons. وَأُخْرَ يَابِسَاتٍ And then seven dry seasons. So when he sees this dream, he's worried. What's going on here? يَا أَيُّهَا الْمَلَأُ أَفْتُونِي فِي رُؤْيَايَ إِن كُنْتُمْ He says to his advisors that if there's anyone amongst you who has the ability to interpret dreams, give me your advice. Now these people weren't good in dream interpreters, and dream interpretation is not everyone's cup of tea. There's no special course on it, per se. So what did they say? قَالُوا أَضْغَاطُ وَحْلَامُ أَحْلَامُ means, it's a رُؤْيَا مِنَ اللَّهُ وَالْحِلْمِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ أَحْلَامُ is the word used for nightmares. That they said that these are these are nightmares. And nobody has interpretation for nightmares. They're just nightmares, you ignore them and you move on with your life. So at that moment, when people fail to interpret the dream, and yet the king was still stressed about this dream, The one whose dream was interpreted by Yusuf and came back to his job in the palace of the king, he said to the king, 
OMG, I know someone who's really good at dream interpretations. Trust me, Farsidun. Send me to this guy, I'll present your dream to him, and he will definitely have the answer. This guy is Mia Mia. He's 100% good. The king sent him. He travels all the way back to the prison. He gets his clearance. He's sitting in front of Yusuf alayhi salam. Yusuf, ayyuha siddiq. Yusuf, oh my dear friend. Aftina fi sab'i bakaratin. Simanin ya'kuluhunna sab'un. Hijab. Yusuf, my dear friend, why don't you tell me about a dream that a person sees in which he sees there are seven fat cows being eaten by seven thin cows and seven green fertile seasons followed by seven dry seasons. What does this mean? So I can take your dream interpretations and show them how much you know so that they can know. So Yusuf السلام, at that moment he says, he says, well, this is the game plan. This dream is telling us that you're going to have seven good years of growth. Your agriculture will boom, there will be good rain, you'll have good stuff. In those years, only eat what you need to, that you need to safeguard yourself, and the rest of it, leave it in the storage. Don't touch it. Because in the seven years of drought, you will then go back and rely on your ration, what you've rationed in the first seven years. And then after this 14 years pass by in total, a good year will come. Everything will be back to normal again. But we have to plan this right. So now this man, he hears this dream, and he immediately heads back to the king. And he tells the king, I went to my friend. Remember that, remember that hookup I told you about? He really came through. I told him your dream, he gave me an interpretation, and he also told me how to handle it. He gave me a solution too. So the king was so amazed. And he started looking into Yusuf started asking about him, and he was no known criminal. Whoever knew him a little bit spoke highly of him. And this man that's sitting in the prison that's so knowledgeable, he had knowledge that no one else can help the king with. Not only was he able to interpret the dream, but he had tadbir and umur siyasiya. He had an opinion on a political affair. And his, his advice was spot on. That's exactly what needed to be done. The king was amazed and said, man, who is this guy? He said, go and bring that guy. Go and bring that guy to me. Now when they came to Yusuf السلام, in one riwayah it says, the Prophet said that had I sat in prison for so long and people would have come to me and said, the king is calling you, what would I have done? I would have gone. Meaning that's what a normal human being would have done. If, you know, if Ali was sitting in prison for 15 years, Allah protect, and someone came and said, Ali, it's time to leave prison, what would he say? I'm ready. I don't need my shoes. I'll walk barefoot. I'm out of here. You're ready to go. But what did Yusuf say? Yusuf when he was totally prison, he said, I won't leave until I have one answer. What happened to those women that cut their hands? What happened? Because my Allah knows about their plot and how they planned against me. Yusuf said this. The king sent his men out and said, bring all those women. 
everyone involved with the case of Yusuf, bring them in. It's now the king and the kingdom and Yusuf against the women who made the accusation. Court is in session. All those women were brought in. They were asked one by one, مَا خَطْبُكُنَّ Because after Zulaikha made her attempt, what did all the other women start doing? They also started playing their cards too. Each one was hitting on him one by one, and it became a very toxic situation. That's when Yusuf realized that there's only one place to run, and where is it? It's prison. I'll go to prison. If that's where I can live. He called them all. At that point, these women, they finally admitted, that the truth is that we've never seen evil from this man. He was a good man. And that's when Allah says, The wife of the Aziz of Misr, the Khazin, Zulaikha, she spoke too. That now the truth is clear. Years have passed by. He's been sitting in prison for so long. The truth has now come out. Everyone's admitting. That I was the one who made a move on him. He was truthful. He never did anything. That man was innocent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Yusuf then clarifies the reason why I was refusing to leave prison until my matter was cleared is because I was publicly humiliated. I am a prophet of Allah. What if someone says tomorrow that he was let out of prison after committing a hideous crime because the king had a favor with him? That, that reputation would follow him. And Yusuf being a prophet of Allah wanted to ensure that his reputation will be crystal clear because the reputation of a prophet must be crystal clear. No one can ever have a false accusation against the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Yusuf he is now standing in front of the king. The king is telling him that what do you want? That, you know, today you have a position with me, so ask what you want. You're, I, you're a trustworthy person. I trust you. You are for me now. You will work with me directly. What do you want? At that point, Yusuf makes a bold statement. He says, I want the job of my old master. I want to be Aziz Misr. Now, why did Yusuf demand such a big role? Particularly considering that in the deen, we see the Prophet warns us and prohibits us of demanding position, demanding authority, demanding leadership. This is not a good thing in Islam. The reason why Yusuf demanded it because he realized that the next 14 years were crucial for not one, two, ten people, but for hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people. The drought of Egypt would not only impact Egypt, it would, surround, it would affect the surrounding lands, including Sham. And therefore, the tadbir had to be carried out carefully. The dream was true, but the, the, the way the plan had to be implemented had to be with precision. And therefore, Yusuf knew, Inni Hafizun Alim. I am someone that won't cheat you, Hafiz. Alim, I'm knowledgeable. I know how to handle this. And the king saw that this man was knowledgeable and he was trustworthy, therefore he gave him the position. Yusuf during the first seven years rationed all the growth that came in Egypt. Stored it all away, made sure everything was counted for, everything was documented, everything he knew where everything was. He was like a solid accountant at this point. He had all the numbers down. 
Now the seven rough years came. When these years came, the plague, not the plague, sorry, the drought affected everyone. Not only did it affect the people of Egypt, but it also affected the people outside of Egypt. Now what happened was people would come because they couldn't buy the goods from anyone else. No one else had them. They were all under the storage of Yusuf They would come to Yusuf They would tell him how many people they had in their family. Depending on shahada, he would have to see them. Or testimony, for example, a lady couldn't come, an elderly, pers an elderly person couldn't come. With clear documentation and proof, what Yusuf would do is, he would cut the cost of the goods and sell it at a reduced price. So instead of selling it at full price, because that would harm people, people didn't have money to buy in full price because they were hit with a drought. He acknowledged that and what the, what, the, what the government did was they reduced the price. So for example, if a banana was supposed to cost a dollar, they were selling it for 10 cents. But you would only be given X amount and that amount was allocated to number of individuals per family. Do you guys understand this? From Sham, people started coming. Yaqub and his family members, decades have passed by, they're at home and they begin to feel the effects of the drought. Yaqub sends his sons, he says, there's no way for us to live. You will have to go to the one just ruler, the Aziz of Misr. They say that he is just, that he is honorable, that he is generous. Go to him and ask him and he will give you. These brothers, they gathered together, 10 of them, and they made the trip from Sham to Misr. When they came, Yusuf was sitting there dealing with the affairs of people, and his brothers walked in. And Yusuf saw their faces. He recognized them immediately. These guys. But they did not, they didn't recognize him. They had their trade. They said that, you know, we have one more brother. Can you give us a little extra? He couldn't come. So give us his share too. Yusuf said, I won't give you his share. I won't give you his share until you bring him. That I took care of you, I hosted you guys good, I gave you everything. If you want to share, you have to bring him. Now, And if you don't bring your brother, then don't expect this generosity from me in the future. That we'll try to convince our father, you know, our father is really attached to this one. His name is Binyamin. Uh, and dad doesn't let him out of his side, but we'll try. So then what happened was when they were leaving, Yusuf said to his workers, that whatever money they gave us for their trade, put it back in their belongings. Put it back in their, in their belongings. Now someone can say, is it permissible for Yusuf to forgive their share of money when he's collecting from everyone? Isn't that a form of zulm? Do you guys understand that? So the answer to this most mufassirun they give is that Yusuf may have paid that amount from his own money. So he may have given that money to them, take this money, take it back, and from his own money, whatever that amount was, he may have filled that in. Therefore, there is no khiyana thabit at all, inshallah. Now these brothers, when they came back to their father, they said to their, they said to their father, Ya Abana, Munya kain That we weren't given the full share. We were given our share, but not bin Yamin's share. And if you want his share, فَأَرْسِلْ مَعَنَا أَخَانَ نَكْتَلْ you must send our brother with us so that we get the full amount and we will protect him. Yaqub the pain became fresh at that moment. 
because these were words they had said to him decades ago, that send our brother with us and we will protect him. At that moment, Yaqub said, هَلْ آمَنُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا كَمَا أَمِنْتُكُمْ عَلَىٰ أَخِيهِ مِنْ قَبْلِ You want me to trust him with you just as I trusted Yusuf with you? فَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ حَافِظًا Allah is the best protector, making dua, Ya Allah, protect Yusuf wherever he is. وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّحِيمِينَ And he is the most merciful. Now the brothers, when they opened up their bags, وَلَمَّا فَتَحُوا مَتَاعَهُمْ وَجَدُوا بِضَاعَتَهُمْ رُدَّتْ إِلَيْهِمْ When they opened up their bags, they found that the money that they had given to Yusuf, they didn't know he was Yusuf, but the Aziz of Misr was returned back to them. And that's when they realized that the Aziz was a very generous man. So they went back to their father and they said, يَا أَبَانَا مَا نَبْغِي هَذِهِ بِضَاعَتُنَا رُدَّتْ إِلَيْنَا وَنَمِيرُ أَهْلَنَا وَنَحْفُضْ أَخَانَا وَنَزْدَادُ كَيْلَ بَعِيدٌ ذَلِكَ كَيْلٌ يَسِيرٌ They said, oh my father, you have to send them. This is a very easy transaction. We'll go, come back quickly. Yaqub finally agrees. The situation wasn't ideal. They were in drought. He said, however, there's a few things. The first thing I will send them to you on one condition that you take a covenant with me. That you will promise me, my sons, that you will bring my son back to me. Take him on that condition. And then when they did make the covenant, He then said, Allah is watching over, Allah is a representative over what we are speaking of. Meaning Allah is aware of this. Then he said to them, that the second condition that I have is, when you go to Misr, when you go to Egypt, you will not walk together. 11 young men, 11 sons walking through one time at together, people will turn their attention towards you. And people will start looking at you with the evil eye. And I don't want that. So what I want you to do is, I want you to separate, walk in one at a time, walk in through different gates, so people don't see 11 of my sons walking together. Ya baniya, la tadkhulu min babin wahid, wadkhulu min abwabin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when they did walk through the different doors, walking through different doors did not affect the qadr of Allah. If Allah had willed evil from them, walking through one door or different doors wasn't going to change anything. By them walking through different doors, what they did was they acted upon the command of their father, but that command didn't really affect their taqdeer in any way. It didn't change the outcome of affairs in any way at all. That's why Allah says, إِلَّا حَاجَةً فِي نَفْسِ يَعْقُوبَ قَضَاهَا Now the brothers come to Yusuf السلام, a second time. The second time they're sitting by Yusuf السلام, They come in total three times to Yusuf السلام. One time they came, second time they came with Binyamin. Yusuf sees his younger brother. These people still don't know who he is. He brought his younger brother nearby secretly, Binyamin. And he said to him, Inni Akhuk, I'm your brother. Binyamin looks at his brother and says, What? You're Yusuf? So he says, Don't tell anyone, keep it a secret for now. Let's see how this plays out. Yusuf develops a plan. And in his plan, he wants to find a way for Binyamin to stay behind with him. He feels that if Binyamin will stay with him, his father will come next. But he needs Binyamin to stay with him. So he puts a little plan together. He tells one of his men, take one of my expensive bowls and put it with the goods in their bags. So, he, so his worker took the bowl, 
and put it inside the bag of Binyamin. These guys packed their bags, they were getting ready to head back north to Sham, and on their way, a caller called out saying, Oh caravan, stop! There is a stealer amongst you. So those brothers immediately turned around. They came back and said, What are you losing? What's missing? We are missing the bowl of the king, the treasurer, I mean, sorry, the measurement bowl of the king. And anyone that finds that bowl has been promised the provisions that a camel can carry. Himlu ba'ir means a camel fully loaded. As much as weight as a camel can carry, that's how much you'll get. And this is my guarantee. So those brothers made it very clear. That we are straight people. We're not evil, corrupt people. We didn't do anything wrong. The, the, the guards said, well, we'll be the judges of that. They started opening up their bags, one by one. Opening their bags, checking, checking, checking. They went through the bags of all the brothers first. At the end, the last person's bag they went into was Binyamin's. When they opened up Binyamin's bag, they saw the bowl was right there. It was right there. They searched all the other bags first. They went through all of their bags first, then they came to Binyamin's bag last. Then they found the bowl inside Binyamin's bag. This was a planning of Yusuf Yusuf wasn't getting back at them in spite. He was planning a reunion between himself and his father that would be most effective. And we'll learn how this was such a wise uh, approach that he took. Now, that's why it says, Now, at that point, the brothers of Yusuf made a statement. They said, that if he stole, that means our other brother Yusuf must have been a stealer too. Now, why did they say this? Two possibilities. First possibility is that maybe they were making reference to, some of us didn't say, a moment of Yusuf salam's childhood. They say, what that moment was, there are multiple possibilities, multiple aqwal. One of the aqwal is that Yusuf salam was one day at the house of one of his relatives, and one of his uncles was worshipping an idol from his mother's side. So he took the idol and he hid it. And this is, brother, this is what the brothers were making reference to when they said, فَقَدْ سَرَقَ أَخُلَّهُ مِنْ قَبْلِ Other Mufassirun, they say, what this means is that if Binyamin stole, then maybe Yusuf wasn't as innocent as we thought he was. Maybe he was the one that was manipulating our father. You guys understand? He was the one that was stealing the attention of our father. He was actually... Uh, he was a criminal. He wasn't someone young and naive and innocent. All this time we thought he was young, naive and innocent. Yusuf heard this and it, he didn't like it. But he kept it a secret because the time wasn't right yet. فَأَسَرَّهَا يُوسُفُ فِي نَفْسِهِ وَلَمْ يُبْدِهَا لَهُمْ He didn't confront them. And then in his mind he said, أَنْتُمْ شَرٌ مَكَانًا That you are in a very bad place thinking like this, saying stuff like this. Allah knows what you... Um, Allah knows what you describe. Now these older, these brothers, they said to Yusuf salam, that we can't go back to our father without our young brother because our father is too old and if he sees our younger brother missing, it'll kill him. Ya ayyuhal aziz. Note here, what do they call Yusuf salam? Aziz. The same title that Yusuf salam's master had. had. 
يا أيها العزيز إن له أبن شيخا كبيرا فخذ أحدنا مكانا. So we have an agreement. We have a proposal. Don't take this young one. Hold one of us in his place. إن نراك من المحسنين. We view you to, a, to be a very understanding, kind, generous person. Yusuf alayhi salam's response is Ma'adha Allah an na'khudha illa man wajadna mata'ana inda inna idhal ladhalimun How can we take someone for a crime that they didn't commit? He committed the crime, he must pay the time. He keeps bin Yamin behind. Now the older brother, he says Qala kabiruhum alam ta'alamu anna abakum qadha khadha alaykum mawthiqam min Allahi wa min qablu ma farratum fi Yusuf The older one said, how are we going to show our face to our father? We took a promise before we wouldn't lose his son, we, and then you guys transgressed against Yusuf salam. This time we took a promise we wouldn't lose his son, we lost the second one. He said, I'm not going back home. Until Allah, hatta until my father gives me permission to come back home, I'm too shameful to show him my face. Or Allah commands me to go back home, and that's the end of that. These sons come back home. When they come back home, they're all sitting in front of Yaqub salam again, deja vu. Very similar. They're all sitting in front of Yaqub And they say to Yaqub that your son stole. Your son is a criminal. It's not our fault, it's his fault. Yaqub when he hears this, he says the same thing that he said when he lost Yusuf Your nufus are deluding you again. This all started because you guys did something. And it happened when they were young. And they were still paying the price for that. And Yaqub said the same thing again. Fasabrun jameel. Patience is beautiful for me. Uh, then he made a new dua this time that he didn't make the first time. This time he made the dua. Asallahu an yatiyani bihim jamia. This time I have hope in Allah that all of my kids will return. Now, at this point, Yaqub became very sad and very depressed. He was already sad at the loss of one child, now he lost two. And he cried so much, he cried so much that the Qur'an says, his eyes went white. Ask a mother who's lost a child, ask a father who's lost a child, what does it mean to lose a child? Not one, but lose two. One of my teachers in Shiuch, he once took his kids to a theme park in, in England, Camelot it's called. They went to the Camelot and when they were leaving the theme park, he was my teacher of Nahu and also teaches Hadith at the Madrasa. They were leaving the theme park and they were in the parking lot and the kids said, Abba, let's play cricket. In England, they play cricket a lot. So they pulled the ball and bat out of the trunk and they started playing cricket. And then one of the kids hit the ball, other kid went to go get it, a bus came and hit the kid. Went right over his head and flattened his head out like a pancake. Our chef came and he held his child and he sat there crying for hours. For hours. His family members told us that all the blood from the child's body more or less poured onto him. And he couldn't let go. He just sat there and cried and cried and cried and cried. He stopped teaching at the madrasa at that point. His family members said he stopped eating. He could barely pray salah until our principal went to visit him. And he said to him, and he said that I heard that when, he, when the Shaykh read this dua of the Prophet in front of him, in which the Prophet said, For Allah is what He takes and for Allah is what He gives. Allah gives everything for an appointed time. So when Allah does afflict you with calamity, be patient and hope for a reward with Allah. Because to Allah we belong and to Allah we return. 
They told me that after our Shaykh said this dua, that's when Shaykh Ziaul Haq actually started crying at that point. And it hit him that he had lost his child. He wasn't the same anymore, he was a changed man. Because he had held his child in his hand after the child died. For Yusuf Ayyakub this wasn't one, this was two. He's a Nabi of Allah. A Nabi of Allah. Imagine how much he has to say in front of Allah. How many tears he has to shed in front of Allah. He cried so much in front of Allah. What happened? His eyes went white, which is like a temporary blindness. Temporarily he went blind. And he said, Ya Asafa ala Yusuf. Oh Yusuf, where did you go? Oh my Yusuf, where have you gone? So many years have passed by, I miss you. Because a father and mother never forget their child. Yusuf Yaqub continued making his dua and he said, Innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah. He said to his, his sons that I won't complain to you guys. I only complain to Allah. Allah knows how much pain I'm in, what I'm going through. And his father is saying, Innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah. These brothers, come back one more time to Yusuf They come to Yusuf to collect their goods. And when they come to Yusuf O King, this has been a rough year. Our family is struggling. Our dad is getting sick. He's very depressed. So give us and give us good. Be generous, be kind, give us a little extra so we can go back and our father will be happy. Give us a little extra too. At this point when Yusuf heard that his father was getting sick and that the situation at home was becoming more difficult, one brother chose not to go back home and the family was in more pain because of the separation. Yusuf called his brothers. He said, all of you come here. And they sat in front of him. Sat in front of him. He then asked him, Hal alimtum ma fa'altum bi Yusuf wa akhihi in antum jahilun? That do you remember what you did with Yusuf? The brothers were they paused. They hadn't heard that name from anyone other than their father in decades. They were shocked. They didn't know what to think. And then they said, Yusuf? Allah, are you Yusuf? And Yusuf said, Ana Yusuf. I am Yusuf. And this is my brother Binyamin. Allah favored me. You guys abandoned me. But Allah didn't abandon you. And then he said, Because the one who is conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the one who is patient, Allah won't waste that person. A lot of patience in my life I've gone through because of you guys. A lot of taqwa. So close sometimes we are to giving up. So close. Sometimes you're this close to giving up because you're sitting at the bottom of the well and you're wondering what happens next. Or you're being sold in the market and you think what's going to happen next. Or you're being sent to prison and you're wondering what's going to happen next. Your friends forget you, you're wondering what's going to happen next. And today, Yusuf is sitting in front of his brothers and saying, Ana Yusuf wa akhi. I am Yusuf and this is my brother, Binyamin. Innahu man yattaqi. Indeed, the one that is conscious of Allah. Wa yasbir and is patient. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't waste them. At that point, these brothers said, قَالُوا They said, Allah always chose you above us. Your maqam, who you are. You saw this dream because who you were going to be. We were at fault, we were in wrong. Imagine the emotions, the frustration, the anger that Yusuf may have experienced at this time. It's not easy to forgive. It's not easy to say, very difficult to do. But what does Yusuf say in this moment? He says, La tathriba alaykum al Each and every one of you is pardoned. I do not hold any of you accountable. May Allah forgive you. For indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all merciful. And from this we see the honor, the greatness, the forbearance, the patience. What kind of man Yusuf became in his life? All of that sabr taught him to be patient. All of that reliance taught him to know that Allah was behind all affairs. Allah was alim, he was sami' Allah was basir. Allah saw all of it. And as Ibn Atallah al-Skandari said, sometimes the greatest favors of Allah are packed within the packages of difficulty. You have to go through that difficulty to find that gift, that favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yusuf salam said to the brothers, don't worry, our father is blind, there's a solution. Take the shirt of mine. A long time back, you took my shirt to my father, take one more shirt to my father. Go and put my shirt on my father's face. His eyesight will return. And then bring my entire family. The people headed out from Misr with this qamis of Sayyidina Yusuf When they leave from that side, when they leave from Misr, the caravan leaves Misr and it's heading towards Sham. وَلَمَّا فَصَلَتِ الْعِيرِ قَالَ أَبُوهُمْ Yaqub immediately said, إِنِّي لَأَجِدُ رِيحَ يُوسُفِ I can feel the scent of Yusuf. Yusuf is coming to me. قَالُوا تَاللَّهِ إِنَّكَ لَفِي ضَلَالِكَ الْقَدِيمِ The people around him said, you're still caught in that old story of yours. Forget him. فَلَمَّا أَنْ جَاءَ الْبَشِيرِ The one carrying glad tidings came. أَلْقَاهُ عَلَى وَجْهِ أَبِي Then he came. Um, the one with the glad tidings came and he took the shirt and he put it on Yaqub salam's face. Yaqub salam's sight returned. And then Yaqub salam said, Did I not tell you that I know what you don't know? And this knowledge comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These brothers then stood in front of their father. Imagine the guilt and remorse. Oh, our Father, you are a Nabi of Allah. We've committed an unspoken crime, so now you ask your Lord to forgive us. Indeed, we've messed up. Yaqub said, Soon I will ask Allah to forgive you. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful and forgiving. The whole family comes, they all pack their bags. Yaqub is so excited because he's been crying for decades with that image of his small baby Yusuf in his mind. Just moments before he left on that little scouting trip with his brothers. فَلَمَّا دَخَلُوا عَلَىٰ يُوسُفِ They walked in. أَوَىٰ إِلَيْهِ He immediately brought his parents close to him. He made them sit on his side. And he said, 
Udkhulu Misra insha'Allah. Ameen. Enter into Misr today by the will of Allah with safety. No harm will come to you. At that moment, the family was reunited. They were so lucky that their son, small Yusuf, was now the Aziz of Misr. The most generous man, the one whose good words are spoken about in the East and the West. They're standing in front of him and at that moment, to appreciate who he was and to be thankful to him, they all fell into prostration. This was something permitted in their Sharia. His parents were in sajda, his 11 brothers were in prostration. And it was at that moment when they were all in prostration in front of him that it hit Yusuf This was the interpretation of that dream that I saw when I was young. My Lord brought my dream to reality. My Lord was so kind to me the day he took me out of prison. And then, And he brought you to me from the Bedouin lands after shaitan had caused such a separation between us. Uh, now Yusuf السلام, he begins to make dua to Allah. Everything that he asked for had come true. He raises his hands, he makes dua to Allah. Oh my Lord, you've given me kingdom, dominion. And you taught me the interpretation of dreams. O creator of the heavens and earth, you are my friend and my companion in the world and the hereafter. The statement of his is a very private, very personal statement. Because every time in his life he felt lonely, he said, Ya Allah, I'm not lonely because you're with me. Sometimes you feel like there's nothing the world can do for you anymore. Like a person does before they die or before they go into surgery. Ya Allah, if you're with me, everything will work out. Everything will work itself out. But Ya Allah, if you leave me, then nothing will ever happen. And then he makes his final dua. Ya Allah, give me death in the state that I am submitting to you. And Ya Allah, resurrect me with the pious and righteous on the day of judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells the Prophet, these are stories, these are stories that we have revealed to you from the unseen, O Messenger Muhammad This surah has so many lessons even for the Prophet of Allah A few of them that don't always express all of your bounties in front of people. People will become very jealous with you. Similar, secondly, jealousy destroys families, it destroys friends. And the jealous person has no limits to how far they'll go to try to satisfy their jealousy. But the irony is, as soon as you remove one person that you're jealous of, the second person comes in. Because jealousy is like a fire, it just keeps burning and there's always someone or something that you're angry over. What are you jealous over? Are you jealous that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to honor someone in a way different from you? Allah made someone's child a doctor, does that bother you? Well, Allah gave you a child that's obedient, Allah gave you a child that's healthy. Can't you be happy with the qisma of Allah, the taqseen of Allah with you? 
Are you jealous that someone's child got married before your daughter? Is that something really to be jealous of? That you're going to go and break their marriage now? You're jealous because someone's successful and another person, your child isn't as successful? Define success first. Maybe your child isn't successful because you've been comparing them against someone else their entire life. They don't feel like you're happy with them. They feel like you're constantly unsatisfied with them. This is what jealousy does to people. Similarly, the scholars they say the lessons of Yusuf salam's story is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always tests those people who He loves very dearly. Similarly, when you are faced with temptation, don't give in. Stand strong for the young folk in our community, even for the elderly folk. When that moment comes where your nafs is boiling with temptation, control yourself. Reflect over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that moment. And don't give in. Remember the story of Yusuf salam. Similarly, that if it means that you take one difficulty to save yourself from sin, take it. If it means that you live a life of poverty so that you don't waste money, so you don't become a slave of money, so you don't sell yourself and sell your soul, everyone knows themselves, then live a life with little money. If, if there is an alternative, like Yusuf salam chose prison over sin, if there is something that can save you from a life of sin, live that life. But don't engage in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, a da'i of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never stops giving da'wah even if they're in the most difficult situation while they're in prison. You keep giving da'wah to Allah. Because as Muslims living in the West in the time that we live in, we need to give all of the da'wah we can. Give it all. I was coming to the masjid on the way here, a young girl sent me a message. You know, maybe in her teens. She said to me, Shaykh, how do I explain to people at my school why I wear hijab? Everyone's asking, right? How do I explain why I wear hijab? And on the way here, I was sending her a voice note that mentioned this point, this point, and this point. And after this, inshallah, they won't have any more questions to ask you. Then you start asking the questions to them. Why do you dress immodestly? Why don't you explain that to me? You know, haya is from the fitrah of insan. Not having haya, that needs explanation. There's no explanation for why someone has haya. Do you guys understand? There's no explanation for that. Why do you use the bathroom? Because I'm supposed to. That's the way God created me. Why do you not use the bathroom? You need to go visit a doctor. That's what needs to be explained. Similarly, the scholars, they say that a person shouldn't desire death. But however, at some point in your life, when you reach a point where now your life begins to wrap itself up, then at that point to desire leaving this dunya is something natural. And because now you've lived your life in the dunya, you say to Allah, Ya Allah, when you give me death, give me death in a state of submission, as Yusuf salam made dua. Uh, and give me death and resurrect me with a pious and righteous people. Similarly, the scholars, they say that there is nothing wrong with, with adopting the means while claiming to rely on Allah. Relying on Allah doesn't mean that you just rely on Allah and forgive all the means around you. Rely on the means, as Yusuf salam taught them how to deal with the drought. That we're going to rely on the means. This is how we're going to, this is the tatbir, this is the ration, this is the planning. And by acting upon this, we will be able to, inshallah, um, carry out the task. Al-akhdu bil-asbab. Similarly, the scholars, they say that if you find yourself in a position where you need to step up to take reign and control, otherwise a volume and oppressor, and unqualified person will step in, then step in. I'll be honest with you. You shouldn't seek the musallah. But if you know that you are the most qualified person there and everyone else that's standing in line may not be as knowledgeable of the Qur'an as you are, then you say to Allah, Ya Allah, guide me, Ya Allah, inspire me, say Bismillah and stand on the Musallah. Do you guys understand that? Because you have a responsibility at that point. Allah has given you ilm and with that ilm comes a responsibility as well. So 
with that, um, there are many other lessons as well. Never become despondent and lose hope in Allah's mercy because Yaqub says to his sons after they failed repeatedly, لا تيأسوا من روح الله Don't give up on Allah's mercy. I haven't given up in decades, neither should you. And you know, we'll, we'll leave it there inshallah. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to act upon this. The ulama, they write that Yaqub Yusuf salam, he lived a long life of 110 years. And when he passed away, he made the wasiyah. He passed away in Misr, but he made the wasiyah that returned my body back to the land of my forefathers. And eventually, Yusuf salam's body was returned back to the lands of the forefathers. Some scholars have talked about where in, uh, where in the Quds area his body is located. Um, Al-Hamawi, he says that it's in Balata that his body is, it's, a, it's an area in Palestine that that's where, in, in near Nablus, where his body, it's a small little village where his body is. Wallahu alam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to learn this lesson and from this beautiful long story. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be people who reflect over this lesson and take uh, ibar and, uh, and, and, and take lessons from this story to implement into our lives. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.